Welcome to the Work Smart Club podcast hosted by Dr. Cynthia Howard, executive coach and Lean Sigma Black Belt, and brought to you by Work Smart Consulting. Inside of you is the power to transform your world. You just have to unleash your potential. Get ready for strategies you can use right now. Leadership leverage you need. Leverage is what makes it possible to lift a large amount of weight with very little effort. And leadership leverage makes it possible to generate more success by duplicating yourself through your processes and other people. So in this podcast, I want to talk about routines, standards, discipline, and ways that you can leverage your leadership. If anyone has ever sold anything through a multi-level marketing platform, they saw leverage in action. People are brought on into your organization and they duplicate the process. They often have a script that they follow to sell products. They bring on team members in the same way. They coach them in the same way and they follow it in order to reach higher levels of income and to develop larger organizations. And as they manage their organizations, they use very standardized processes and approach. And very often, this has been delegated down from the very top of the organization because they realized this is what works. This is what brings about success. So everybody selling and producing in that organization go through the same system. So they go to the national convention, they attend a certain amount of meetings, they use this much of product, they approach people in this way. It's all very scripted because it has been determined to be successful. So leadership leverage is very much similar to that. You have to have systems in place that are foolproof and that are documented so that it's easy to follow. So let's use an example in general offices, in healthcare, really in any organization. So as a leader, answer these questions. How do your managers collect important data? Are they sending you standardized reports or are they all sending you their own thing? Do they hold the same types of meetings and cover the same important agendas or are they winging it? Do they provide you with a similar format so that you can track progress? Is anything standardized when you look at your people that are below you? So recently I worked with a director. She was very busy. She was very successful until her department expanded to eight different directors and she was no longer able to manage them by keeping all this information in her head. So she became overwhelmed couldn't keep up. So this was a healthcare organization. And even though her departments handled different types of healthcare issues, there were universal elements for each of those managers, such as access to care, turnaround time, safety, quality data, regulations, dealing with conflict, teamwork. And so in working with her, we developed a standardized approach for each of her managers and departments so that they each were doing the same thing. So she was open to learning about this because at this point she knew she couldn't keep up. 
So not only did this help her, but it helped the managers get to know each other and provide backup because if one of them was out because they were sick or vacation or at a professional meeting, the other one could cover and very easily do that because everything was standardized. So this was a bridge across departments and it ultimately improved the value stream because people were focused. So what we did is each manager had a whiteboard in their office and it was set up the same way. Now, a few of the departments had something unique and I'll talk about that in a minute. So we did address that, but basically this director could go into any manager's office and see similar reports right on the board. So we made things visual. So it was critical information that allowed her to update in minutes as she went around the hospital and did her rounds. So the managers gained accountability and the leader, the director saved tremendous time and angst because everything was right there. Everybody felt successful and there was an opportunity for each one to reach out and help each other with different blind spots. So they learned to operate on their strengths. It was a good team building exercise for this leadership group. So when we think about leverage, I don't know about you, but when I grew up, there was a seesaw in just about every playground. And if you look at that, basically it's a board that is balanced across the center beam. And when the weight shifts on one end, the seesaw goes up and down. Well, that's a lot like leverage. When you want to exercise leverage, you're going to push that weight toward the heavier end in order to lift it. So think about that center beam as your focus. You are going to move that focus to the point that is most important. And so in this example with this healthcare leader, we moved it to information flow and communication network. And essentially, she focused on her people and developing people rather than focusing on reports. So as she developed her people, standardized the approach, helped them understand what was mission critical, what were the strategic objectives, she was able to achieve so much more and her people were better aligned, not just with her, but with the company values and the company mission. So in those situations that were unique, like the emergency room, for example, the OR, they needed to measure and monitor the turnover of their treatment rooms. Whereas on the medical surgical floors, that wasn't necessary to the degree that it was there. And so what they learned, because they did this process, this planning and priority meeting together, and we facilitated that started out as a retreat, and then we held several monthly meetings in order to generate this reporting structure and communication flow that worked for everyone. And what they found was even though those two departments were somewhat unique, that concept of measuring and monitoring turnover was really helpful for medical surgical floors. So everybody gained from everybody else's revelation, if you will, about the mission critical information, and how to best report this. So the whole team learned to focus on process and not personality. And that's a big piece of leadership leverage. You're going to take a look at what processes are working and what aren't, 
and lay off of the personalities because for the most part, people problems are related to process problems because most people go to work wanting to do the best job they possibly can. So as everyone focused on their own value stream, if you will, within their department, how does a patient get from A to B to C to the end game? What is the flow and the workflow? What are the points of contact? What's important as it relates to quality measures, regulation, income, all of those things. It was a really wonderful process to evaluate that. And the entire team felt very enlightened and much more empowered to handle their day-to-day, which gave them more time to explore opportunities for improvement. And what was interesting is because as they gained clarity on what is actually happening, they realized that many of their frontline staff don't have the clarity they need to do what they need to do. So when, when we started this process, a few of the managers said, I just want people to show up and do their job. Is that too much to ask? And what they discovered was that people don't really know what their job is. They Sure, they have a general idea of what they're supposed to do, but they don't understand what's the priority, what's important, what needs to be measured. They didn't see the dependencies as important, meaning if they didn't do something, what the ripple effect of that was for another department or another person. And this planning session really did lay all that out because it identified the workflow and it made those mission critical and strategic objectives very clear. And what the leaders, both the director and the managers started to understand is their job is to make their direct reports job easier. That is their job. And so the focus shifted to what is the result that we want and how can I help my people achieve that result? Do they need a different set of resources? Do people's hours need to change? What needs to change in order to make it better? So as they began to standardize their processes, there was a certain discipline that started to flow through those departments. And as a result, people then became more accountable. And just as an FYI, creativity and innovation flourishes in environments that are standardized and disciplined. It may not seem like that at first, because when you think of creativity, you think of something wild and and un bounded so that it can reach its greatest heights, you know, the poetic justice of creativity, when in fact, when everyday issues are taken care of, and there's a standardized, disciplined approach to that, you actually have more time and more bandwidth to take a look at how you can do things differently and do things better. So in this process of developing their direct reports, whether it was the director or the manager, they had to employ a certain amount of coaching. And this is one of the functions of leadership today that, again, isn't always understood about what coaching is. It is definitely a way to encourage people to provide appreciation, but then also direct 
people to the best way to do something, not their way, but the ideal way that's going to create the highest quality, the least amount of work, and the biggest impact. And so leaders need to exercise coaching in order to bring people along to that level of quality and performance. So when we go back to the multi-level marketing example, what stands out there is that company that decided to use that model to sell their product did so because they know it works. They set up that system because they know it works. You see X amount of people in this amount of time, and you're going to achieve this level in your organization in X amount of time. So it's a formula. And what leaders want to do with their workflow is establish that formula. Now, there are going to be some variations, but you don't want those variations to be because someone just decided not to do it that way, because they didn't feel like it, because they chose to cut corners. Those aren't the types of variations that you're looking for. The types of variations that may show up have to do with things outside of your control. Maybe there was a supply chain issue and the right parts were not available. Maybe there was a problem with the phone system and you couldn't get the calls in. So those kinds of problems occur because you can't control what was happening. So leadership leverage begins with knowing what is required for success. And doing this planning and priority session that helps to map out workflow to identify what are the critical processes is going to give you that information. And then you set up the systems that can be taught and followed. And you do this as a group so that everybody has a buy-in and has a contribution. So here are three things that I want you to keep in mind as you go about this process. First of all, success is not magic. There's no secret to it, really. It's doing the right thing over and over again. It's consistency. And so when you set up standards and you set up a discipline, consistency has to be built into that. So you don't have workarounds. If that standard doesn't work, then figure out how it needs to be changed. But don't just change it. So one shift does things one way, another shift does things another way. Everybody has to be doing the same thing. And you want to have a process in place, a standardized process in place, so that you can review and revise to make sure that this standard is still the right one. So don't make success complicated or mysterious. It actually is based on doing the same thing over and over again and ensuring that it's still the right thing. So build that in as a leader by setting up those standards and then following up with monitoring and measuring those. So the second thing to keep in mind is have a system. That means it's going to be written out and you're going to follow it without compromise. Now, I know there's a lot of pushback against that because people like to do their own thing because they think that's creativity. Well, that's not creativity. That is doing their own thing. But if you're doing your own thing and you don't know that it's actually going to produce the results that you want, then 
you're going to need to rein that in and get people to evaluate. Is your way, for example, the best way? But as people do these experiments, they're wasting time, they're compromising on quality, and they're using up resources that could be used to improve systems that you know are necessary. So it's important for people to have a creative outlet. So one way to do that is to encourage people to come up with ideas and to explore those ideas. But working around a standard that you have set up is not the ideal way to have people express themselves at work. Once you decide what the best practice is, then everybody has to buy into that. So imagine this. This is a good illustration. Imagine you have two teams of people and you want them to head due north in X amount of time to achieve this goal. Now, one leader actually draws a line using a straight edge so that their managers can follow it without any question about whether or not they're on the line. The second manager decides that's not necessary. You just put one foot in front of the other and you're going to go forward. As you can imagine, what ends up happening, people that had the chalk followed the line. They knew when they strayed off and they quickly got back on track. People that were literally, quote unquote, putting one foot in front of the other strayed off. It was very small inches, but over time that translated into feet. So they were way off target behind, but because they were still making effort along the way, but never checking, monitoring to see how far off they were because they didn't have a measure in the first place to evaluate themselves. So by time they realized they were off track, they were tired. They were frustrated. They didn't have anything left to go about and correct the issue. So that entire project gets scrapped. So I don't know if you can relate to that, but I know that I talk to many leaders who are in that situation. So let's talk about number three, and that is progress, not perfection. So having that chalk line so that people could continually evaluate themselves allows them to make progress. It was okay that they strayed off of the chalk line, but within moments they knew they were off the line and they could quickly get back. So they continued to make progress, but recognized that quote unquote mistakes are going to be made along the way. So it's understanding what kind of progress you need to make. Is it the right kind? That gets determined early on in your planning process because you're setting up your goals, your vision, your milestone. You're also going to take a look at what barriers, blocks, or problems may exist that are going to take you off track. And you're going to come up with a strategy to deal with that. You'll have measures in place so that you can evaluate as you go along your change process to see how well you're doing and not wait till the end, at the end of 30 days, at the end of 45 days. No, you're going to evaluate at the end of every day or five days to see how well you're doing because you want to quickly get back on track. 
And leaders that ascribe to this belief, progress, not perfection, understand that they're not going to blame and shame people, but they're going to make the correction easily because they were on it and enable the team to keep going because you want that momentum and momentum comes from people believing that they can do it. So with the team that didn't have a line, they discovered down the road late in the game that they were way off track and they became so discouraged they didn't really have anything left to keep going. You do not want that to happen. So remember that your leadership leverage comes from encouraging and developing your people, making sure that they have the right tools, skills, and resources to do their job. That is the leader's job to make sure everybody else looks really good because they have what they need. Support from your boss is one of the biggest reasons that people attribute to their job satisfaction. So when people feel supported, they end up giving 150%. It's a tremendous value add, and it makes everyone feel good. So leadership leverage is preparing your team, keeping their focus on what matters most. And this translates into your team success, your success, and the success of your department. So think of leadership leverage and how you can begin to coach and develop your team. So if you don't know where to begin, or if you would like to get better at it, if you want to have a space available where you can do this coaching, the WorkSmart Club Network was designed for that very thing. We offer courses so that people can build their skills. We have a space where you can do live events. I can hold live events with people and do coaching, do Q&A, solve some problems. And there's an opportunity for discussion along with the support of like-minded people to cheer those leaders onward. So if you are looking for an account as an individual or a corporate account for your team, we can accommodate you. Check out WorkSmartClubNetwork.com. So until the next time, stay energized, be blessed. Thank you for tuning in to the WorkSmart Club podcast. We love our listeners and want to hear from you. Please join us at WorkSmartClubNetwork.com. Stay connected and subscribe to our show so you never miss any of the content. Leaving us a positive review lets everyone know we add value. We thank you for it.